Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Base Boss and co-owner of Journeys Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some excess baggage, so stay with us until the end. So the other day, I got an email from Kirsten Sanchez, uh, our BDM for Carnival, mm-hmm. um, inviting me to the, I think they call it like the Sip and Sail, the, whatever the event is called, um, the preview for Mardi Gras before mm-hmm. it sails out. And I don't sell a lot of Carnival per se, but I am just, I, my agency does, like one of my right. social advisors, she she does a lot of the cruising um, portion, but I'm just excited to step foot on a cruise ship. Like I, oh, yeah. especially a brand new cruise ship and, it and looks incredible. being able to see everybody and feel the excitement. Um, I can't wait. Like I love Carnival for personal travels. Like I was telling you, like I have laughed the hardest oh, yeah. on Carnival cruises. And it's because I have completely let go of everything. <laughs> I think I've been on something like 20 ish Carnival cruises uh, and some have been like, you know, preview cruises or whatever, mm-hmm. but love it for a group of friends when we just want to blow off some seats. They're called the fun ships for a reason. Yes. It's and truly I, fun. Yes. And I also feel that the food on Carnival is better than some other mass market cruise lines. Not everyone will agree, but it's so funny because last week we had that discussion about how I don't really eat breakfast on cruise ships or in hotels. It's never mm-hmm. any good. Uh, with one big exception, which is the breakfast burrito from the Blue Iguana. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it is like, it can solve all of your hangover problems. You get your eggs, your B vitamins, you get your meat in there, cheese, chewy tortilla, real crispy, like little hash brown thingies. Like it is a textural dream. It is delicious and definitely fun ship. (laughs) <laughs> friendship worthy after <laughs> yeah i just feel like uh, and this is not sponsored by carnival by any no, means no um but one thing that i absolutely love on cruise ships are the hot dogs i don't know what it is about hot dogs on cruise ships i don't, I don't know think what they have one so good i love it when the grill opens up i know they have like a nice sit down lunch if you Mm -hmm. want or they have like you know a really delicious roast in the buffet it doesn't matter i'm headed towards the grill and i will be having at minimum two hot dogs on my plate with some french fries french fries are delish yeah i don't know what it is about cruise ship hot dogs but yeah i think there's actually a picture of me all dressed up for a ship tour or something, and I have a plate of hot dogs. I'm like, I'm not letting this go. <laughs> well, and I'm going to have to try that next time. Yes, it's so good. And it's like, give me the nitrates. Like, I want the cold <laughs> sweats after the hot dogs, or it doesn't count. <laughs> Once I reached a certain age, uh, there became a heartburn factor with hot dogs. Mm. And I've never been that big on it, but I love it when you're camping and really let it get charred. Uh, but I have to be careful. Got to make sure I've got some Tums on hand. Gosh, yeah. Cold. It's all about preparation. You know, you can still have a great time, but yeah, so good. And I just, you know, I just can't wait for people to have that really fun experience again of being on cruise ships, however they want to sail, but just to have the mindset of like, it doesn't matter. I could have like a really hot day by the pool and then walk into the cafe, not cafeteria, the buffet place and just grab a thing of chocolate milk and just drink it while walking to the next activity. 
And I've done that on a carnival cruise. <laughs> well, I've mentioned in a previous episode that I had a client on the initial celebrity edge sailing from the US. Mm-hmm. It was June 26. He is trying to get on the August 28th sailing again. Like he's just, and I get that. Like, I feel like once I get on a cruise ship, I'm going to be like, when is the next one? Because yeah, yeah. it just feels so good. He actually had, he's, his voice is in one of Captain Kate's TikTok videos. He sent it what? to me where she's yelling out to everybody and they're on their balcony and he's yelling, we're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. Well, we're going to start today by just, we just want to take a moment to honor the memory of Bob Douglin from Asta. I just had the pleasure of meeting him for the first time in April. So was very shocked to see this article. Yeah, I was so glad I had the privilege of meeting him at the Asta Global Convention and at a bunch of other conferences. I don't know if there were TPI ones, but every time when I spoke with Bob, it just felt like he knew you for years as he was just such a warm person and he never made you feel like you were a stranger. And I didn't know, I wasn't close to him or anything, but, you know, no, knowing the fact that our experiences with Bob have been so warm just really speaks to who he was as a person. He was an absolute doll. For sure. Even in my brief interaction, I felt just like what you just described. And there's a little article on Travel Weekly. There's several out there, but I've posted this one in the show notes. And Zane Kirby, who we know is the head honcho at Asta, said, although Bob traveled the world, his real passion was people. It's hard for me to think of Bob without picturing him in the midst of friends. To know him was to like him, which even with my brief knowledge, I feel like that nails it. Um, Kirby said, Bob's sudden passing leaves a huge hole in Asta's heart. We'll miss you, brother. Yeah, definitely brings to mind how precious our our time is Mm -hmm. here. And um, I recently read somewhere where people, where someone asked, like, why do we wait for people to be gone to say things like this? Why Mm -hmm. are we saying this after they're gone versus on their birthday, for example? And I think from now on at my friends and family's birthdays, I'll start, you know, saying things like this and remembering them. But yeah, I am so glad we were able to have someone like Bob advocate for our industry. Yeah. I actually have zero problem getting super sappy and even crying in public. I, I feel like I want everyone in my life to know that I love them all the time and uh, if I drop off the face of the earth, it will, everyone will know how much I love them. So <laughs> maybe I overdo it a bit, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just remembering Bob and everything he contributed. It's a big, big loss. Well, we have some articles though, that I think he would love about how valuable and how important the industry is. Yeah, so. and he would have kept up with everything happening <laughs> um, within the industry. <laughs> For sure. Um, so moving forward, 
Um, we do have an article from Travel Age West, and it's one of their uh, surveys, part of their need to know research. And this particular one was about how travel has a labor shortage, but few agencies are hiring. Yeah, it's really interesting that this came up because I have been having a lot of conversations with our good friend Whitney from Masters in Travel uh, around the idea that we're seeing a lot of new advisors enter the industry. Um, while there is no barrier to entry, anyone can join a host agency and start selling. There are a lot of obstacles because a lot of smaller hosts, luxury hosts, uh, agency owners like you and me who are hesitant to bring on someone brand new, it's difficult for new people to get in with that kind of hands-on help. So it's created this huge dilemma. We're seeing so many people want to get into the industry. I'm a little frightened, frankly, at some of the questions I'm seeing in the Facebook boards because it's obvious that there are people selling travel with absolutely no training. Um, so I will just say that Whitney and I are looking at some solutions to that problem. Uh, and it was really interesting that this article popped up today because it's just been my obsession here for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Says, and, oh, sorry. And, sorry, that's that's true of new advisors coming in as well. But someone who was quoted in this article, Mark Kaslaskas, um, he's president of Frosh or Frosh, mm -hmm. and um, he mentioned that even though he's bringing back furloughed agents, they haven't been working in the travel industry for over a year. Mm -hmm. And within that time frame, so many things have changed. Mm -hmm. So they're feeling like they're starting back from the beginning now. And, you know, some things remain the same, but there are so many things that are different. And these agents who are being brought back have to learn a lot of new things. I feel rusty and I've been going hard the entire time. <laughs> and I still feel like, oh, oh, what do I do here? And it, it's jarring. So I can only imagine. Yeah. And it's not just agencies that are really feeling this um, shortage. This article mentions that the labor shortage is a significant concern. According to respondents, 55% of the shortage of suppliers is a very big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, more than two thirds, 68% say that a lack of adequate staffing, either on the part of the supplier or an agency has had a negative effect on making a sale. The, I feel this so deeply, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my business partner, Dawn and I at journeys are constantly saying, why is everything so hard? Like everything is taking forever. We're used yeah. to being able to resolve things quickly get the information we need to sit, close a sale quickly. Mm -hmm. It just isn't there. And I, I am seeing a lot of people lash out at particular suppliers and stuff when it's, it's across the board. Everyone is struggling. Agencies are struggling. Suppliers are struggling. It is just, it's just going to take as long as it takes to rebound. And it's just not, I, I think my travel biz boss social media post from today was like, I think we can all agree it's a tough time to be a TA. Yep. We don't have the help we need in-house and we can't get the help we need from suppliers. It's just nuts. Um, another couple of statistics from this article, 72% of respondents personally know travel advisor who's travel advisors who have left the industry. Um, and the initial one I was looking at 
in a survey of nearly 300 advisors, only 28% are currently hiring, even though 35% report having fewer agents than before the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of people are switching agencies as well, but I think that goes along with how much we're all learning a lot of lessons and sort of Mm -hmm. getting to our deepest whys and desires for being in the business. So I think a lot of people are making changes, but, um, yeah. And a lot of folks have retired as well. I've seen a lot of, um, TAs throughout the past 12 plus months mentioned like, Hey, I'm closing my agency or I'm retiring. I'm taking early retirement or even people who are leaving the industry because they just couldn't they needed the income and they couldn't hold out for the industry to rebound. So a lot of factors are in play for, you know, why there aren't as many TAs now or why there could be that staffing shortage. Yeah. They also said opinions are mixed about the hurdles for recruiting new advisors. Nearly the same percentage cite low compensation, awareness of the profession and a misunderstanding about what the profession entails, which <laughs> I, I, I actually have an email template to scare the bejesus out of anyone who approaches me and says, I want to get into the business. And at the end of it, I'm like, if you still want to talk, let me know. And it just outlines like what you might think being in this business means and what the reality is. And because um, I don't see any point and welcoming someone into the industry under the false pretense that it's just like all fun and you're just going to travel so much and it's just so fun when you are handling someone's, a large amount of someone's hard-earned resources mm-hmm. and yes. you are responsible for those, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, like if, if I don't scare you out of it, then we can talk. But I would yeah. prefer to just scare you out of it in the first place because yeah. it, not everyone can do this job. It's... I'll get on my soapbox. We're definitely not respected the way we should be. (laughs) Absolutely not. Like the amount of disrespect I've gotten pre-COVID was insane. And after the pandemic, you know, there's a a different, you know, image that we have, Um, you know, and that's why we're, a lot of us are getting first time clients who are using travel advisors, you know, and they've never used us before. Um, But then there's education that comes behind that. Like, Hey, we're just not here to like, we're not here to take your order and then like pump something out for you. It's a completely different experience than going onto Expedia and Google. Like you type what you want in Expedia, you type what you want in Google and it pops something out for you that may or may not be what you want, but we're here for a more holistic experience. (laughs) And you have to share some information. There's a basic amount of information we need in order to give you the right options. I, I, I am getting some inquiries from people who have never used an advisor that are uh, kind of expecting me to read their mind. They're giving me really loose parameters and I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need to narrow this down a little bit. And then you also have people who are kind of dipping their toe in who think that like, the universe is giving us a paycheck to just hand out free advice. Mm -hmm. And while I want to be as helpful as I can, I I just have no extra time to give unless you're on my roster, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a ton of people who want to get into the industry. 
So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But it's the exact same dilemma as the suppliers. Like they can't just hire people and snap their fingers and the the people know what they're doing. You know, I called a supplier last week and it was, she was the sweetest thing. She had no idea what I was talking about and it, and she should have, but again, what can they do? They can train them as fast as they can. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. all you can do. And that's the thing for us as agency owners as well the idea of training someone from scratch right now when everything is just ramping up so intensely is yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I think <laughs> whenever I talk with somebody who's interested in getting into the industry, you know, obviously we talk about how difficult the past year has been and all the time we've spent working for free, or if you're paying back commissions, like you're paying to work basically. Yeah. So when I first speak to them, I'm just like, Hey, I know you've seen, my social media page. I know that, you know, you're looking at my website. (laughs) (laughs) And I tell them like, I make it look like it's easy, but here are the reasons why it's not easy. You know, are you ready to have 24 seven anxiety while your clients are traveling? You know, um, are you willing to wait on hold for hours at a time to try and solve something and potentially not get it solved? So a lot of other things play into me similar to you trying to scare them out of the industry. And if they're still interested, great. Um, But, you know, the whole times insane, even for something super simple. Like I booked um, a flight for, he's a priest that does a lot of uh, charitable work. And so he needs just a simple domestic flight. And he knows my dad, we have like, the church community that, you know, my dad is a part of. So it's like, I kind of have to help. So <laughs> helped him book that one domestic ticket. He wants to change it by a day. There's free changes. I could not get the airline website to freaking work. Like yeah. I couldn't get it to work to change it. They said, you can easily change it online. I'm like, no, you can't. Like if I know you don't have staff, but at least you can make your website work. So I don't have to call in. I had to end up, I ended up calling in and they said estimated whole time, nine hours, nine hours. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, it's one o'clock right now in the afternoon. So I might get this taken care of by 10. So I actually, I actually made a deal with God and I'm like, (laughs) I was holding it. I'm on like two and a half hours. I'm like, God, you must be good. He must be some kind of joke because I am trying to help this man who has dedicated his life to serving you. And you're making me wait on the phone <laughs> and the phone started ringing. So I waited for three hours. I made a deal. I made a deal. I was like, I don't even know that's a deal, but it's just like, really, you're going to make me wait to service a priest plane ticket. You use some leverage. Well, and it's funny that you said about, um, wait, being available or worrying 24 seven while your clients are traveling. I have started creating a spreadsheet of everyone I have booked that has a flight so that I can check them at least once a week because mm-hmm. the flight situation is horrific. And um, I started looking through my calendar and noticing trip overlapping trip overlapping trip. And prior to pandemic, there wasn't a day of the year I didn't have anyone traveling. And mm-hmm. so I'm seeing it start to ramp up to that again. And I'm like, Ooh, do I want that? I don't know. <laughs> and it used to be once you put someone on a cruise or something, you can just set it and forget it yep. because they'll just for, unless something really rare happens, you can just leave it. But now that's not even the case anymore. No, 
I, there are so many more steps in my workflow right before someone leaves at this point. It's insane. And that leads us to our next article. Similar topic mm -hmm. uh, from Travel Market Report that is about, um, well, the title is The Burden On and Value of Travel Advisors Continues to Grow. Whoop, whoop. You know it. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but yesterday I got an email from Trafalgar and mm -hmm. I think it was for all TTC brands mm -hmm. where if you are going on a tour with them to Europe for the rest of 2021, and I'm not sure if it's into 2022, but if you have clients going on a tour with them, they must be vaccinated Yep, because of the policies coming out at e in EU countries where you have to show proof of vaccination to maybe enter a cafe or enter a museum. So I guess they made an overall decision, which I think was kind of a smart one. So they don't have to worry about who can and can't go into a particular place yep. um, that they, that the guests have to be vaccinated. Can you imagine like if there, if you have clients who aren't vaccinated on one of those Trafalgar tours Yep. And they booked and you get forever ago and you got to tell them vaccinated or you're not going, which this is the thing. Like we're seeing all these erratic policies happening. Like the French president is kind of like, if you're not vaccinated, you're not going inside anywhere. And so millions of people have signed up to be vaccinated. Uh, but we're it's it's up and down and back and forth and it's changing every day. And I don't think the consumer really wants to stay on top of these changes. So they are really relying on us, sometimes completely blindly. It's like they wash their hands. I have to keep telling clients it's really important that you read everything I'm sending you carefully, that you click the links because the link is to the most current information. Yes. I'm going to do my best to stay on top of everything, but we are talking about a very dynamic situation mm -hmm. and you've got to participate. <laughs> yeah, this article says that um, individual countries will continue making ad hoc decisions about how to handle international travel, especially now with the Delta variant. Uneven changes in policy and practice can be expected. The extent and nature of pre-travel testing, which forms of quote-unquote proof of vaccination may be accepted, and risks of quarantine are a few of the more serious questions that must be considered in any international trip planning. The burden on travel advisors will then also continue to be complicated and fraught with risk. So on one hand, it's so exciting that things are opening up and we can travel. On the other hand, it's like you're juggling even more plates at the same time, trying to make sure that you are staying on top of everything, even though things are changing so, so quickly. And that's part of why, you know, kind of going back to the last article as well, we can't take on as many trips. We have to take fewer trips because we have to be so it's like on high alert for every single thing mm -hmm. constantly. I have never looked ahead at the trips I have planned more than I do now. I'm constantly checking. Is anyone going there? Is anyone on a cruise there? Is it like who's flying American airlines? <laughs> I'm just constantly yeah, reviewing yeah. everything I have booked. So I could not, I don't think snap back to my volume pre COVID. I'm pretty close, but not quite. And I don't want to be like, 
I don't think that I could stay. I feel like I would be at risk. I would be risking my reputation and potential like financial risk as well, because people, when it's not their fault, they're looking for somebody to take the blame financially. And that's us or anyone involved in their trip. I think this might be one of the reasons that I'm not subconsciously. I didn't really make an active decision to do this. I think this is one of the reasons why I have been veering more towards certain countries Mm -hmm. consistently because, you know, I'm doing a ton of Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. I'm doing, you know, I just had an influx of a ton of Ireland come up, Greece and Italy. And so for me, I'm like, okay, if I can just stick to those countries, I just have to focus on updates to those countries. Yes. But it's something that we have to think about because we only have so much bandwidth. And unless, even if you have perfect systems and processes in place, some if you are overwhelmed and not paying attention, something can fall through the cracks. Yep. And it's terrifying, which is why I'm so hardcore on my workflows. Like, I, I think I adjust at least one workflow almost every day because I'll think of some other step or, or something comes up and I'm like, well, I need to remember this every time now. And I'm in travel joy updating that workflow. They're like 900 tasks long at this point, but that's the only way that I can relax and sleep at night mm-hmm. is knowing I have it on my to-do list. So I'm not going to forget to do right. it. It's, it's scary. <laughs> But it's also thrilling because we all love living life on the edge. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, 100%. It's yeah, like you're it's, so happy to be back in business. Yeah. And at the same time, like, oh, God, what if what if something I don't set an expectation properly? Um, but that's why we are constantly hammering lately about getting ahead of things, like mm-hmm. making sure your clients understand that things can change and they need to be ready for that. And if they can't be, then this is not the time to travel. Right. That, Getting ahead of that right there is huge because mm-hmm. then they're they're not thinking it's going to be smooth sailing. So when you throw a curveball at them, they're like, oh, right, yeah. you said this could happen. Right. Yeah. And, you know, having these conversations, even though, you know, we talk about this even outside of the podcast, but having these conversations here makes me remember every time when I do like a discovery call with a potential client to let them know things could change at any moment and to be flexible. Um, it could take longer to put together an itinerary and quote for mm-hmm. them versus pre COVID. Um, uh, but also, you know, anything from like, Hey, this is the package rate. We can't break it down. Yep. So that has been super helpful because you set that expectation up front and you're like, Hey, this is how it works. And That way you can tell me whether or not you're okay with it. Yeah. It's a real time saver to have an initial conversation or I like an email because I like to have everything in writing. Mm -hmm. Like you can talk about it on the phone, but then say, I'm emailing you to follow up on everything we talked about. And this is what we said, because it's a huge time saver later on. And the client feels much more comfortable because they know exactly what to expect next. So even if it takes you a long time, you already said that. Mm -hmm. It's just such a huge difference. Actually, one of my associate agents today was telling me about a new client she's working with and how she went on a cruise. And when she got to the suite 
there was not the baby grand piano and the spiral staircase that she saw in the pictures. She said she had a wonderful time, but that really bothered her because she was expecting one thing. And even though what she got was phenomenal, it wasn't mm-hmm. what she was expecting. So it's just yeah, so huge not to wait, not to be reactive. Gosh, we just keep harping on this, but yeah. it really is when we're talking about the increased burden of liability and, um, it's not just liability. It's not just potentially losing money. It is your reputation. And I think most of us have built our businesses on word of mouth. You can do all the marketing you want, but it's that word of mouth that really Mm -hmm. helps you build a strong business. So reputation is just as important. So now I just email my my clients 7,000 times before they leave. (laughs) Don't forget this, 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 and it's all in your itinerary. Oh gosh! As well. <laughs> and there are certain clients where, like, I email them, but then I'm like, I will just for my own peace of mind text them to make sure they saw the email. And if I don't get another response, I will call them mm-hmm. because I think that's what we have to do right now: is be extra vigilant. And it is a mistake. <laughs> to let any of those go by the wayside yeah, because you don't want to be juggling a situation mm-hmm. because the client just didn't know any better. Yeah. Even if it's not your fault, you're still going to have to deal with the mess. So, and it's funny. I was just telling you earlier that yesterday I got two calls um, from other people in the travel industry asking me about the requirements for coming to Mexico because I live here. So I'm joking that I'm the expert now. The expert. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's so easy to travel here. But when you're reading that stuff, you start to feel uncertain. You're just, you know, it just feels so much better to talk to somebody who really knows their stuff. And one of them kept questioning me, not, not arguing, but like, you're sure the antigen is fine, not the PCR. I'm like, yes, I have gone back and forth several times. Antigen is what you need. But it's, I don't blame anyone for just being like Mm -hmm. insecure. It's a lot to read. There are a lot of things they are changing all the time. So I, it's just like, we just have to live like a nervous street cat for for a while. Well, um, (laughs) I don't know if there are any Marvel fans listening who watch the Avengers, but in one of the later movies, the Hulk, um, he was able to control his, you know, hulky mm-hmm. transformation and so um the secret was he's always angry because the hulk comes out when he gets angry so the secret is you're always angry well my secret is i'm always anxious and stressed yeah. so then you can't tell the difference you know just that's that's the baseline just make sure it's manageable i don't like <laughs> it i don't like it <laughs> i'm at a point where if i'm not stressed i feel like something's wrong like i feel like i'm missing something you're like, <gasps> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we're all on the same page with this. Um, But the high point of this is not just the burden, but the value. And people are really seeing it. And we can take advantage of this opportunity to, to shine and not let them see how anxious we are (laughs) underneath it all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing is, guys, like we've been, we've been through the ringer. We've done this for a while. And so, you know, have, have confidence in yourself that you can manage this. You know, the resources to go to, you have 
everything that's needed at your fingertips to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And you can do this. Yep. Absolutely. Shall we do some headlines? Oh, yeah. All right. It's time for Excess Baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Carnival Cruise Line has announced it's adding four more ships in October, bringing the total number of ships to 15 as the line's restart of operations continues to ramp up. Another headline from them states, Federal Appeals Court Rules Against Florida CDC Cruise Restrictions Will Stay in Place. Travel Weekly reports that Perillo Tours will restart operations in Italy on August 29th with its 14-day Italy North Classic itinerary through Rome, Sorrento, Florence, Venice, and Milan. Another article from them says that tight occupancy and high demand is pushing cruise prices to new highs. Travel Pulse reports that Malta is ready to welcome vaccinated U.S. travelers. Another one from them says that Avanti is offering sustainable vacation options to Central and South America. Go check out an article from Travel Age West called Disney or Universal, Theme Park Highlights and Planning Essentials. It's about how to choose between Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Universal Studios Hollywood, and Universal Orlando, plus tips for navigating the Florida and California destinations. Good stuff. Travel Agent Central says that Jamaica is opening more accommodations and attractions to visitors. They also report that Italy's Council of Ministers issued a decree to ban most cruise ships from Venetian waters and declared the Venetian Lagoon a national monument effective August 1st, 2021. And we'll end on a high note with a headline from afar. After years of delays, Berlin's Humboldt Forum is now open. Considered one of Europe's largest, most ambitious, and expensive cultural projects, the Humboldt Forum opened its doors to visitors on July 20th. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles you've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. And please do not feel shy about sharing your guest requests. We're getting some really wonderful ones coming in and we just love hearing what it is that you guys would love to hear. So let us know if you haven't already. Uh, send us a DM on social media or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. We'll see you next week. Bye. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.